Every year is a different year in any growing region. Weather, logistics, labor, market conditions, and even politics can make an impact. You never know how a season is going to go until it's all over. I would say this has been the most challenging season for Peru in blueberries. Basically, during you know the central part of our season where there are most shipments for Peru, there has been a lot of competition between Peruvian companies, you know, October, November, and that has pushed prices down. And on the other hand, the shipping costs are still high. So the margins of the business have been tightening and tightening, and this has been a, a really challenging season for many companies. Today, I sit down with Luis Vegas of Pro Aratidos to explore some of the factors that have made this a challenging year for Peru and why he's optimistic about how we can collaborate to make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, for the past two years, we've dedicated an episode to hearing about what's happening in Peru. Luis Vegas of Pro Randonos is back on the show today to catch us up on what's been happening this season and some of the changes and challenges taking place in Peru regarding blueberries. So, Luis, welcome back to The Business of Blueberries. Hello, Casey. Thank you for for having me back in the podcast. It's uh, an honor to talk about the, the Peruvian season and respond to the questions you might have for, for us here in Peru. Well, it's great to have you back on the podcast. I know each week you provide us with a crop report and a lot of folks are familiar with your voice and it certainly has been a great benefit to have the Peruvian crop report a part of this podcast week in and week out. So I want to start off by just thanking you for that effort. It's not easy. You're a busy guy and uh, lots happening both in your work life and I'm sure your personal life. So we just always really appreciate being able to pull your crop reports in for this podcast. And, and it has made a big difference, I believe, in just understanding the business we're in, the business of blueberries. But I thought we'd just start off for the audience that may not know you, uh, just to give us a bit of an introduction of you and who you are and, and your work. Yeah, sure. So I have been in charge of the Peruvian Blueberry Growers and Exporters Association, which is called Proarandanos. I have been working as a manager for the association since September 2019. This is my first experience in the agricultural business, and it has been a really interesting and rewarding job since, since day one, I would say. Why? Uh, basically, it has been a really dynamic business. Many things happening many challenges, and also I've had the privilege to meet different people, many people from different countries in the blueberry business. I'm really, really grateful to be part now of the blueberry business. 
And yeah, that's it from my side. I'm a I'm a father of two, one just born a month and a half ago. So yeah, <laughs> trying to balance work and being a dad. But yeah, I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> yeah, well, and to your credit, you, like I said about the crop reports, and I know you've got a lot on your plate and yeah, you've got that balance of having two young kids at home, but the other thing that you're responsible for is the rising of a really large production region in Peru, as you know, and something that, you know, our audience here is going to be always interested in and just increasing our interest and, and understanding of global economy and global markets. So I've just really appreciated learning a lot from you about Peru and certainly what's happening in Peru. And I know our audience is very interested in that as well. So I appreciate you having the time to join us for kind of a, a more full look at your season this year. And then we can kind of talk more specifically about, you know, what's taken place and what the future is for Peru. But, you know, the audience who's been listening to the weekly crop reports, I'm sure have some pretty good idea from the things you share week to week in and week out. But this sit down with you provides us just a high level. How has it gone? You know, what was this season like for Peru from your perspective? And just have you walk us through that uh, more holistically. So I thought we'd start there with just just talking a bit about how this season compared to last season, let's talk specifically about the crop and the production there. So from a high level, how, how have you felt like this season's gone for Peru? I would say this has been the most challenging season for Peru in blueberries. For me, that would be the title. You know, This has been the most challenging season for several factors that we're going to get into the different factors. But that's one of the of the main things that I wanted to say. This has been the, I would say, the most challenging season regarding shipments. If we want to get a bit into the numbers, as of the end of last week, Peru has shipped this season, season that started in May. We have shipped a total of 446 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. This number represents a growth of around 27% versus the volume ship during last season. So this season in volume, we have grown by 27%. Okay. We are still not at the end of the season. We expect by the end of the season, which our seasons now, we are accounting them from May from one year until April the next year, right? So basically now Peru, we have shipments all year round. We do have specific weeks when we ship much more volume than others, but this year we have shipped blueberries every single week of the year. So April next year that we are going to officially close season 2022-2023, we should reach 640 million pounds of fresh blueberries. That's right now our final forecast for this season. Well, and... and just to go back there quickly, uh, did you say this is the first year that you're accounting for a May to April season, that this is the first year you've essentially been producing and shipping year-round? Last season, we almost had shipments every single week of the season, right? I think there were one or two weeks where we didn't have shipments. This season, we've had shipments all year round. Still, we have certain weeks, like in May, our volumes are really tiny. If you compare them to shipments in September and October, yeah, it's significantly smaller. So just to add on the volume thing, and, and I like to explain it that way, it's 50% of the volume is shipped during September and October. In two months, you ship 50% of all the volume. And if you add 
August until the end of December, you have 90% of the volume. And a reminder, 10% of the volume is shipped throughout the other months of the year. So in Peru, this season, we've had shipments all week, but 90% August, December, and 10% from January to July. So that's the snapshot, I would say. So for our audience to understand, your president, Pedro Castillo, was arrested. And so maybe you could just kind of give a quick overview of, of what happened and how this unrest developed in the absence of a president in your country. Yeah, so basically, exactly two weeks ago, December 7th, so Pedro Castillo at noon local time in Peru, he made a presidential announcement, you know, in national TV. And he said that he was going to close the Congress, right? Why did he made that announcement. Well, Congress had already filed, you know, a petition to to put on a vote in Congress if Pedro Castillo should remain as president because there's a lot of evidence regarding corruption, you know. So Pedro Castillo, basically, he was going to end up in jail, so he decided to close Congress. And after he made that announcement, he became basically a fugitive. And when he left the government house in Lima, the police arrested him and now he's in jail and he's going to face a trial. And his vice president, who is called Dina Boluarte, is now our president. The figure is he's a, a transitional president. And as a transitional president, she has to call for new elections. And just yesterday, the Congress agreed to have these new elections in April 2024. And between... December 7th, and the time that Congress has decided for the date of the next election, there has been a lot of social unrest because we didn't know if Dina Volarte was going to remain as president. There were too many things moving around. You also have to understand there's a lot of political interests moving around. There's people that are behind the strikes and they want to create unrest. Peru is no news over the last Several years, we have had different presidents, and politically, we have been a really unstable country. The interesting thing about that is that with this politically unstable scenario, Peru still remains as one of the most economically stable countries in the region. Personally, from my point of view, I think that one of the key aspects to remain that way is that we have a, a well-run central bank. We have the same guy running the central bank in Peru uh, for many years, and he has done a, a really good job. And that has been super important to keep the economic scenario in Peru the best way as possible. If we had a more stable political scenario, you know, with not so many presidents, our situation would be way better for sure. But still, and uh, under this uncertainty of what's going to happen politically, Peru has been, you know, surfing the different waves and challenges that we have been faced with during the last years. Well, I want to dig in on that. But as you know, before I do, it's time for our crop report. So with uh, this conversation with Peru, we will probably still have you give a crop report, Luis, but uh, we'd like to also hear from Mexico and Chile as they are both ramping up their shipments to fill the gap until U.S. production gets started. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for the Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Mario Ramirez in Mexico and from Luis Vegas in Peru. 
This was recorded on January 11th, 2023. Hello everyone, here Mary with the Mexican Bluegrass Report for the first week of 2023 from January 1st to 7th. During this first week, Mexico exported a total of 2,662,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to all the world. From this volume, around 6% goes to other destinations like Asia and Europe, and Mexico sent 2,500,000 pounds to the United States. 17% of this volume was organic blueberries, that means 428,000 pounds, and this volume goes to the United States. This week, the volume exported growth 27%, and from this point, the volume keeps growing until April, where the peak of season will be shown. In frozen blueberries, Mexico down 25% than previous week, with 47,000 pounds, and representing the 2% of the US imports of frozen blueberries for week number one. At this point, the main regions producing are center Mexico and mainly in Michoacán. That's all in my report. See you next week. Hello, this is Luis with the crop report from Peru until the end of week one. So up until the end of week one of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 573 million pounds. From this total volume, 53% has been sent to the US, 27% to Europe, 5% to UK, 13% to China, and 2% to other destinations. Also, from the total volume shipped, 12% have been for organic blueberries. What happened during week one of 2023? Uh, Peru shipped uh, a total of 7.7 .7 million pounds. 57% of this volume has been shipped to the US, which is expected to arrive to the US market during the last week of January. 26% has been shipped to Europe, 8% to UK, 8% to China, and 1% to other destinations including Brazil, Canada, Costa Rica, Dubai, El Salvador, Guatemala, Hong Kong, India, Israel, Panama, Singapore, Thailand, and Uruguay. So that's a report for this week. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry, including USDA shipping pricing, movement retail category performance, Nielsen monthly retail sales reports, and much, much more. Make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. All right. Well, let's get back to today's episode with Luis Vegas. Let's talk a little bit about some of the factors that affected things this year that you were describing, you know, aside from the political unrest, uh, what was different about this year? You know, what are those factors that made this the most challenging year for Peru for you? And it sounds like to date. There have been several factors, right? Like basically during, you know, the central part of our season where there are most shipments for Peru, there has been a lot of competition between Peruvian companies. So there has been considerable volume, you know, October, November, and that has pushed prices down. So you have a downward pressure on prices. And on the other hand, the shipping costs are still high. They're still at post-pandemic levels. So the margins of the business have been tightening and tightening, and this has been a, a really challenging season for many companies. And what we are seeing right now and we talked about this a, a few weeks ago when we talked by phone, the blueberry business, it's going to a variety segmentation business. 
now we see more competition, you know, regarding the different varieties, you know, and different prices paid because of, of different varieties, right? So you have premium varieties and you have the public, more traditional varieties. So it, it has turned into a really competitive market where the varieties is playing a key aspect. From a market point of view, from a consumer point of view, you know, that they want a, a bigger blueberry with, with more taste, with more bloom, but also from an operational standpoint, because, for example, now you have newer varieties that make you as a farmer more productive. So you have higher yields, right? So from a cost-efficient point of view and from a market feed point of view, varieties are playing a crucial role now in this more competitive landscape. Well, and I, I think you know this, uh, you know, in terms of watching the reports come in on the retail side, but I, I think it was related to what you were describing earlier as one of the big factors affecting this year's season for Peru was that, you know, competitively, there has been a push down on price due to the different companies competing for the business during that window. And I thought you could just speak to the strategy there because you are also, you know, in a situation where variety segmentation and the value of that product coming to the market arguably should help maintain a value or even return or push the prices up for the industry, particularly for Peru during your window. But what happened this year that caused the price to fall so much? From what I understand, it even went lower than the domestic season here in the United States, lowest price. And that was a first for Peru as well. So I, I thought we could talk, I mean, you mentioned it as one of the biggest factors, but if you could help our audience understand from your perspective what took place that really kind of deflated the value uh, during the Peru window. For sure, one factor, the volume during that peak of the season. This season, we have the biggest peak in production historically in Peru. So that's why I mentioned that moving forward, I think the strategy is to dilute that peak. And for that, one of the advantages that Peru has is the weather that we have in Peru. As I said, our natural window still going to be September, October. That's where the volume is going to concentrate. But if we keep pushing the Peruvian growth in that same window, I think it's going to be really challenging for Peruvian growers, right? The main competition of a Peruvian grower is it's another Peruvian grower. So because of the climate, because there's more availability of varieties, early season, late season, I think the strategy is to dilute that peak you know, and maybe push some of your October, November production more into December, January. I see some companies are pushing over that side. And that's what I see for the future, right? I see, first of all, regarding the amount of plantings, we shouldn't have a, a considerable increase. Most companies don't plan on having new blueberry plantings until we see how the market is going to unfold over the next years. The focus is on having the right varieties. But still, with the same amount of plantings, as I told you, Casey, we expect more volume because plantings get more productive year by year. That's what I see for, for the future. And, and regarding back to your question about the challenge in this season, I would say that the peak of the season, that volume pushes down prices. And also, from a cost perspective, still we have high costs in shipping. You know, 99% of the volume shipped from Peru goes by sea. And we still have a high cost in, in the logistics. The situation in Peru this year, we've had the strikes now in December. 
we had submissions in November, so that also affects the competitiveness, you know, and it raises the costs. So that's basically why it has been a challenging season. Like we're still seeing the the consequences, you know, of COVID and how the logistics disrupted. We are not seeing yet, you know, the shipping goes to go back to pre-pandemic levels and the supply of volume have kept rising and that have pushed the prices down during certain weeks of, of the year, right? Specifically, I would say October, November. So increasing costs have been difficult for Peru this season, for sure. And, and then, of course, challenged by lower pricing due to larger amounts of blueberries coming through. You know, you talked about the variety segmentation and increasing quality and having those better varieties that command increasing amounts of money. Isn't that going to help maintain the value of the grow returns? You know, whether it's the growers who are actually growing that particular crop or just the reputation of blueberries that are coming from Peru, you know, essentially helping to push that price up. So if the quality of the varieties are helping to command better pricing, doesn't that help the category? Won't that help the category in trying to maintain a higher value over time than otherwise uh, we would face? Yes, like from my point of view, there are several key factors to help grow that category of blueberries. As you know, still in the U.S., there's a great potential, have the same penetration as strawberries. You guys have done a, a really good job with all these numbers about consumption. So the ceiling is pretty high still in the U.S. If you talk about other markets, the ceiling is even higher, right? When you compare consumption in the U.S. to certain countries in Europe, in China, the consumption, the awareness for blueberries, it's still down below. So first of all, for me, there's a lot of potential in consumption of blueberries. And I think that's really positive. How do we tap into that potential? For me, the key aspects are a year-round supply of blueberries in every market. So that consumer, you know, that don't buy blueberries uh, frequently, he starts getting the habit because he sees these really nice blueberries every week when he goes to the shop, right? So consistent 52-year-round supply. Also, this supply needs to be of a good quality of blueberries so that this guy falls in love with blueberries, right? So we need a 52-year supply. We need the good quality. And also, we need to promote consumption of blueberries worldwide. So I think all those, those aspects go combined. If we do promotion, but this guy goes into the shop and he buys blueberries and he doesn't have a good experience, he's not going to buy blueberries for a while. So we need to, to work in promotion, but we also need to secure that we have a great product in the shelves, in the stores. You and I had worked together with our colleagues on hosting what we referred to as the world's favorite fruit reception <laughs> in IFPA. And I think we kind of took that statement, you know, from part of our vision statement for USHBC and, uh, and had a good time with it out there in Orlando to just kind of wave the flag for blueberries together. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about those efforts, you know, from your perspective. You know, we, we see what you see is a runway of opportunity yet ahead for blueberries and your sense of what it's going to take to realize those opportunities. Yes. First of all, I think it's important, and I think we're already doing that. It's getting together as a blueberry industry to tap into this potential. It's how I think working coordinated, unified, we're going to have a, 
a better shot at it. It's really important, getting more into the specifics, to have a well-informed market to really understand supply and demand globally. So one aspect really important is information and the sharing information, you know, among us, among the different production regions, production countries, with the markets, that is really important. So for me, a key aspect as an industry member is, is to maintain this and bring more people working as a group, you know, unified to make blueberry, as you said, the, the world's favorite fruit. Yeah, for me, that that's one key aspect. Also, another key aspect, and I think we haven't touched upon yet regarding promotion of blueberries, it's health research. I think that's also crucial. I would say that's one of the main value of the USHBC for the whole blueberry industry globally. I think that's a key aspect that we need to keep investing and keep moving forward with health research because that's going to help us promote blueberries. That's really, really important. And thank you, Casey, for, for really pushing that work through USHBC, because I think there's nobody else in the world doing that work that you guys are, are doing in, in USHBC. You're absolutely right, because I think that's cornerstone to our, our global growth opportunity, which is to you know, really take the health halo that has been created for blueberries and, and drop that into these markets around the world. And, and not that they haven't heard that they're good for them, but I think each country, is, it's interesting just to see some of our market assessments in some of these countries on what they perceive to be the healthy benefit of a blueberry and, and really leaning into that, uh, whether it's by getting more research that helps to drive that message uh, there in that country or to do more research that helps provide a more well-rounded approach to understanding the benefit of blueberries in those marketplaces. So it's absolutely something that we recognize that USHBC is committed to and needs to continue to do in order for us to advance this message globally around the world. From your perspective, I, I know we've talked as we both see the coordination of market development globally around the world. You guys are working in a year-round production cycle, but you're still, from what you're describing, in a window of just a few months where 90% of your production is going into that part of the season. And I think we're talking at USHBC in part, working with you know your organization and the exporters there, as well as the importers here in the United States on, on really trying to work together to maximize, whether it's export opportunities or global development opportunities, or within the marketplace here in the United States. And, and, you know, a lot of that came through our memorandum of understanding conversations, the MOU, and working to try and increase those promotional dollars. To your point, you know, as you said before, if we can provide year round and then good quality, we still have this job of promoting. And so I thought we would talk just a little bit here about, as you see that future of collaboration moving forward in order to invest more promotion dollars into executing against those three pillars that you described. What does that look from your perspective, you know, in terms of those collaborations continuing and moving forward? Yes, first of all, and you already have started doing the work in the USHBC is working on industry engagement, you know, engaging more people, more professional, more expertise, more points of view into planning the work, the promotional work for blueberries. And you're doing this with this restructuring of the USHPC and, and bringing a, a more wide perspective of what can be done. I think maybe we, do, we don't have the exact formula of what needs to, to be done to make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. But if we have more perspectives and more expertise, we're going to have a way better shot at it, right? So 
I salute this reorganization that you're moving forward and really engaging different production regions, different countries into the work being done by USHPC. We are all interested in making blueberries the world's favorite fruit. So I think that industry engagement is super important to really bring together the industry, work together in order to promote blueberries. Well, and, and I know that perspective is, is shifting just at our board level with Peru having a, a seat at the table with a member on the council and an alternate and Daniel Bustamante actually coming onto the executive board will certainly shape kind of that perspective on understanding, you know, the industry from Peru's perspective in these decisions and within the decision-making tree at the board level. Um, but what other thoughts do you have on what more we could be doing to collaborate globally together? You know, we, we tend to work closely with Peru, Chile, Mexico, Canada at USHBC because of those production regions that are providing fruit into our country, the assessment base essentially. But what, what vision do you have for how we could be working globally to increase consumption? Do you have any thoughts on what more we could be doing to help drive that vision? Yes. For me, I think there's a great opportunity in showcasing more the health research. I'm going back to the health message. I think the health halo, that's really important. And I think there's a huge opportunity to really educate people you know, in different markets about the benefits of blueberries. I think that there's a really big opportunity there. And I'm still like, I think we need to bring that message to other countries that, for example, production regions in, in Africa, you know, markets in Europe, China. I still think there's a big opportunity to collaborate more with that part of the world. And I think there's a lot of opportunity with to educate consumers, not only in the US, but in different markets about the health research. I think that that's a big one. I totally agree. And, and I know you and I end up in trade shows globally around the world, you know, whether we have a booth or you, you always have a booth, at least a place in a Peruvian pavilion. But there is this kind of united front of an approach that's needed. And I think Grab a Boost of Blue has certainly been a huge asset for the industry over the last couple of years to be saying the same thing the same way in many different places. And what we're learning and some of the research we did is translating that grab a boost of blue message into other parts of the world. And that it may not translate perfectly depending on the language as to what it's intending to say when translated into that country's language. But in talking with our in-country reps, there is something you can do with that, that mark, that logo, that message in order to customize it for each country, which is really interesting and something we're looking at right now. Because then you do have that united front, that message where we're all saying grab a boost of blue it's covering the health halo and, you know, working together when we're at these shows, you know, providing that conversation with those potential large marketers or retailers within those countries to, to work with us, to push that message and that halo. And, and even though we may not be in the same booth, coordinated on understanding that we're trying to target certain countries around the world to see like a U.S. marketplace being developed in those countries. So, I don't know if you've got thoughts on on what that would look like. Yeah, totally. Like, I think, Casey, that what the blueberry industry needs, it's a blueberry champion, you know, in, in different countries in the world, right? We need a, a blueberry champion in China. We need a blueberry champion in Thailand. We need a blueberry champion in India. When I say blueberry champion, it's like somebody that's working 24-7, you know, thinking about how we grow awareness for blueberries, how we grow consumption for blueberries, right? Because... We're lucky, Casey, that we have a great product, you know, that it's blueberries. 
right? With these amazing benefits. So we need champions. We need champions in this market. And I think the USHBC has great tools to arm these champions to go and start creating awareness for blueberries, right? Actually, three weeks ago, I was talking with the Peruvian commercial representative in India. So we were talking about blueberries in India. And he was telling me, yes, I was in this event and I saw this booklet of recipes for blueberries. And actually, that booklet was developed by the USHBC. I don't know how he got into that booklet, you know, but it was in a, on an event in India, right? So I think we need to have these blueberry champions worldwide, you know, and the best tool for these champions, again, going back is promotion backed by the health research, the health halo. I think it's going to be that really important. So we need to spread the message and have these champions to really amplify the message to their respective markets. For me, that's the vision. And yeah, market and also, well, you know, like having a great product delivered to these markets 52 weeks of the year. Luis, uh, I always appreciate our time and our conversations. This one and the ones that we have in between these discussions, I really appreciate your leadership and I appreciate your your contributions to our program. And uh, that includes those that are financial and the way that you have invested in the MOU or supported the work of of trying to do more with more as a strategy, recognizing your leadership, your board leadership support for that, and just really appreciate your team's effort in helping us move the needle as an industry. It's really important. Great. Uh, well, Casey, thank you very much for, for the opportunity. It's a privilege to, to talk with you guys about the Peruvian season. And yeah, looking forward to that trip next year. It's going to be a, a privilege to have you guys over here and see you in, I would say, two months in San Diego for the convention there in San Diego. So see you then. All right. Well, thank you, Luis. Well, that's it for episode 125. I hope this episode helped folks get a little bit more of a perspective on all that's happening in Peru. Obviously, the political challenges are one thing, but just also the important collaboration that's happening right now uh, between USHBC, Pro Randonos, and our other industry organizations in countries like Chile and Mexico and Canada, where there's just a continued effort to work together to make blueberries the world's favorite food. So I hope that that spirit of collaboration came through this episode. And obviously, we're going to be working together to try to drive that vision in 2023. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Mm-hmm.